0: Good evening. Today I'd like to talk about problem solving, how we as Australians are trying to solve the big problems in our healthcare system. I'd like to share some experiences in trying to do that and why I believe that health innovation communities is the kind of framework we need so that we get better at problem solving. The current approach to problem solving in this space is through what I call institutional innovation. In that context, the most notable innovation the market has produced, at some cost, is corporate aggregation or corporatization. This has produced some notable companies, such as Ramsey, Sonic, Primary, and Healthscope. On the other hand, we've not been able to successfully tap the problem solving capacity and capability of the entrepreneurial sector in this space to solve big problems. Most startups in this sector to date seek to either bypass the system in one way or another or seek to improve some aspect of the current system. For example, making GP appointments. Similarly, the most notable Government attempts at innovation, again produced at some cost, has been a series of inquiries and pilots at federal and state levels. The changes proposed by these inquiries inevitably attract opposition from one part of the health sector or another. Sometimes a pilot is announced which then takes two to three years to run. In hindsight, we see that each of these pilots is a dart thrown at a $155 billion sector with the hope that it hits its target two years later. The health system is far more complex and unpredictable than the gravitational forces holding our solar system together. The trajectory of a Mars lander can be calculated very precisely four years out. We are simply not able to do the same for changes in the health sector. Ultra's Health was started about three years ago with the aim of creating a scalable, private, integrated primary care model within the current regulatory environment. We wanted to capture the best ideas that have been coming through all these conferences being proposed by experts such as Professor John Dwyer and Professor Diana O'Halloran from Western Sydney and sought to work out a way of making that work within the current regulatory environment. There was no point, we quickly realized, that if you wanted to wait for a change, then this was never going to happen. So the question and the challenge for the group was can we create such a model within the current regulatory environment. It took the best part of a year to put such a model that medically was in line with overseas and Australian experience and financially viable within the current Australian regulatory environment. There were some contortions and the model had to rely on private health funds to fill in the gaps where Medicare was silent. So while the proposition could only work with privately insured patients, our goal in true entrepreneurial style was to find a workable starting point. We believe we have such a point. However, as you can well imagine, this venture was an exercise in lining up at least five ducks which kept swimming away each time one's attention was elsewhere. We don't wish to underplay the complexity of the challenge we took on. While challenging, I believe our team was up for that. However, we increasingly came to the realisation that there was a greater shadow being cast over the entire venture, the shadow of regulatory risk. Regulations are like a great dome covering the entire sector like a terrarium. All the players in the sector have evolved to succeed in this environment. So changing regulations is like changing the shape or composition of that dome. In this environment, regulatory risk showed up in different ways for us. For our GPs, any change to the way they earned their income, which was not part of the system, was seen as risky. Intellectually they understood the model. Intellectually they accepted the evidence about the efficacy of integrated care. But the perceived risk in delivering health through team members or using Medicare items that uh, are rarely used was seen as a risk. It was far safer to work as an isolated professional using standard claim numbers. For our health insurance partners there was the potential risk of running foul with the private health insurance act. Some were prepared to take that on and were prepared to work with and through it while others saw it as a deal breaker. For our investors, and finally all parties, especially when the Hamilton Review was announced, the risk that the regulatory en- environment might change again in unpredictable ways was again a major barrier. It would be fair to say that, the independ- that independent innovation in this space is unlikely to happen in this environment. The cycle time is 10 years rather than 10 months. I assert that perversely, even the trials being proposed as an outcome of the Hamilton Review also faces regulatory risk. Think about this. Any change or investments that participants make would have to be weighed up against the risk that the trial may not run their full course and final report. So, we're expecting to test a revolutionary way of addressing chronic disease where the main actors have no incentive to make any incremental investments. So how can health innovation communities help Australia generate solutions? What we argue is a HIC is a way of providing a defined regulatory environment that can be agreed up front. As the HIC is operating over much smaller populations and on a voluntary enrollment basis, regulatory certainty can be provided to proponents of different models of healthcare at fairly low cost. There is a big difference between a two-year trial versus, say, a 10-year framework available to health professionals in a HIC. Business plans can be developed that can target viable scale within HICs. A belief that we will unleash a tidal wave of creativity in the process. As an ecosystem, the participants will be learning and improvising all along the way new providers may emerge providing intermediary services such as training and health IT. There is no reason why the public sector should not also be tasked with being an active partner. For Medicare today, for example, the introduction of a new item number or the exclusion of one would immediately touch 23 million, over 23 million Australians and over 33,000 GPs in a HIC the scope of a proposal can be scaled down and time bound so we've reduced the risk of making a change enormously right? so we can, we can afford to test out and find out whether there are unintended consequences that cannot be predicted it's, the system is too complex but in the HIC, we can bring it down to a scale where it can be observable, it can be controllable, and manageable, risk can be managed. As participation would be voluntary, it takes the steam out of most objections. Ideas can be tested and an evidence base generated. Through this evolutionary process, ideas can be germinated and evolved continuously We can move away from the current serial cathartic changes we face every 10 to 15 years to an environment where there is always something on the boil. Going back to my terrarium dome analogy, HICs provide the opportunity to create small nursery terrariums besides the main one where we can generate different environments to see What would it take to enable life to thrive? It's a place where new conversations can be had. I believe HICs can change our health sector from being a drag on our economy to actually being an engine of economic growth. With HICs, health can become an economic generator like what our education system is today. By bringing together our best hospitals, universities, medical professionals, together with corporations, NGOs, co-ops, and startups, HICs will create a dynamic environment for problem solving. We can do this if we do it together. Thank you.